0: Bienvenido and thank you for listening to the Word Con Sazon Podcast A Sermon Collective of Reforming Latinos The following sermon was given at Streetlights Church in the city of Westminster, California By Pastor Victor Velasquez For more information about the church or about the pastor, please go to our show notes below man good evening how's everybody doing good all right panicked trusting I don't know if there's any kids you can go to the children's room at this time if there's any children that like to go to the classes you can do so at this time but yeah I'd have to I'd have to address something before we continue that well actually it's going to lead into what we're going to talk about today that yeah the world is in a in a terrible state right now Uh, not just the nation but it's worldwide and so tonight, I'm not really going to preach about how to attack the spirit of coronavirus and fight for victory, nothing like that. No, we have to come to the reality of things that we live in a fallen world. And in the fallen world comes, sicknesses, diseases, sins. And at this time, all honestly, what we can do, especially as a church, is not panic. Not fear of what's to come, because if we know the word of God, we know that bad things have to happen. And so my question for you, as we open up to First Peter chapter 2, uh, my question for you is, do you know who God is? That's really the question here. Do you know who God is? And by knowing who God is, do you trust in him? Because if you if you're here today and you say I know who my God is and I and I trust in who my God is, then whatever happens in this life, you know whatever happens in this world, you know that God is in control. And so, First Peter chapter two. And it's been a long time because I, I was going uh, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. And I just last time I left off was was a uh, beginning of chapter two. But before we go on to to the to chapter two. <clears throat> I really want to reflect back because it's been a while, but three things that I'm going to tell you about knowing God, because it's not about just saying, oh, I know God because I carry a Bible. No. Do you dig in the scriptures to find out who God is? Do you dig in the scriptures? Do you know how the, char- who the, how the character of God is so you know how he works? Because the word of God says this, that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Meaning the same God of the Old Testament is the same God in the New Testament. He doesn't change. And so three things I want to tell you. First off, is do you know about the immutability of God? Immutability of God basically means that God does not change. And for some of us, that should cause us to panic, and for some of us, that should cause us to praise God. Because if we know that our God doesn't change, we know that he is going to be faithful to what what he says in his word. So if we know that the word of God says that he is faithful, that he is just, that he is the God of the living... That he will not leave us nor forsake us. If God says that he doesn't change, that means that that promise still applies to us today, no matter what circumstance you may be going through. Here's what what scripture says, 2 Timothy 3.16, that every scripture is God-breathed, inspired by God. So it's kind of like if God is literally speaking to you through his word. And so, the more that you read God's word, the more that you know the character of God, the more that you're gonna go in a deeper relationship with him. And so, do you know the supremacy of God, meaning that God is alive, but he sits on the throne. He sits heaven, the word of God says that heaven is his throne and the earth its footstool. And because we know that God is God is in his throne, he's in heaven. And, and, and we know we're going to find out the, the sovereignty of God, meaning that because he sits on the throne, because you know that God is just, you know that God doesn't change. You know that everything he does is because he is just and he is good, and we as, as, as his children are just to trust in him. God causes some things and God allows some things, but to say that God is not in control, then we have no hope in this life. But it's in times like these that we must understand that God sits on the throne and whatever he does is right, is just, and he has a plan through the word of God. The plan of redemption, because we live in a fallen world. But we, we I'm not saying you, I'm saying we as a church need to understand more who God is, the character of God. And that's going to cause us to walk humbly with our God, walk faithfully with the God, our God, and, and, and be a testimony to the world of what God has done in our lives. So do we know who God is? 1 Peter chapter 2, I'm going to start in verse uh, Chapter 1, verse 23, which is a couple of scriptures behind, it says this, enduring word. Since you have in obedience to the truth, purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. For you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable. That is through the living and enduring word of God for all flesh is like grass and all its glory as the flowers of grass. The grass withers, and the flowers false, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is a word which was preached to you. And so before I continue moving forward, we have to understand who God is. We understand that everything around us, me, you, all, everything around us is perishing. But the word of God says that his word is going to stand forever. Meaning whatever God said in his word, you know that he is faithful and just. And so we can trust in the promises of God that he's going to accomplish what he set out to do. And for us, that should give us a hope that says that, yes, God is in control. And so let me remind you what Peter was saying in the first chapter. He was talking about our, 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 um, that we're going to inherit the kingdom of God one day and it's very important for us to know what we're going to inherit as children of God because that's what's going to give us hope to look not in the circumstance not look what's going on around us but to know that this is what God has planned this is what God has decreed and this is what God is going to do so do you know that we're going to inherit the kingdom of God that one day no more tears, no more pain, no more sicknesses, no more mourning, no more death. For the former order of things have passed away, behold, the word of God says that He's gonna make all things new. That's Revelation 21. That should give some of us hope that it's not always gonna be like this. That we're gonna inherit new bodies, and I always get excited like this because every day I'm getting older, I'm not getting any younger. So that means we're gonna get new bodies that. Man, the, the, imperish- the perishable must inherit imperishable? That, that means that you're going to go through some stuff to, to get to where God wants you to be, but we have to understand that God already decrees it, and God is in control, and we know that God is faithful. And so we understand the promises of God, what God is doing, what God has done, and what he's go- going to do. But I want to remind you of the gospel, because the promises of God are not for everybody who hears this word. And especially in times like these, I have to say this. Because if God does not change, if he places judgment on the wicked today, even today he places judgment on the wicked. But everything at his proper time. I heard a preacher once say it like this. It's kind of like if Jesus was holding back God's final judgment, and with the other hand he's extending his arm and saying, come, the grace of God is right here. This is Jesus holding back the judgment of God and saying, come. To anybody who's here, to so anybody who's thirsty, come to me and he will live. But at the same time, one of, the, one of these days, both hands are going to drop. And the invitation of God is going to stop. And the judgment of God is going to be poured out. And I love you so much that I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. But to those who are not in Christ, I tell you that right now, his, his hand is extended to you right now. And he's saying, come. Kind of like Arnold Schwarzenegger, come with me if you want to live. It's the same thing. There's a judgment coming. He's stopping. He's holding back. And he's saying, come to me. Because we live in a fallen world. So my question for you is, do you know the gospel? Do you know that it's not by our works, but it's only dependent on the finished work of Jesus Christ? That he came as a human being, yet God at the same time, because only God can take the wrath of God upon himself, lived the perfect life went to the cross and took a punishment that me and you rightfully deserve he suffered on the cross for the penalty of our sins physically and spiritually and to prove it he resurrected on the third day proving to be God on the cross he said the debt it is finished I mean that the debt that I mean you owed it, it's 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 clean you're, you're his righteousness imputed to you, our wickedness upon him at the cross, and we switch places and mean you can now stand right before a holy God. This is what basically Peter is saying. Since you have in obedience to the truth, pur- purified your souls in a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another with a heart. Verse 23, for you have been born again, again, that's born again, not of a seed which is perishable, but imperishable, that is through the living and enduring word of God. For the word of the God, is Lord endorsed forever. Uh, chapter, two, chapter 2. Therefore, putting aside all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, like newborn babies long for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation, if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. So now Peter's going on to say that if you believe this gospel, if you trust in the word of God, put away all those foolish deeds behind you. Take those away that, that that's not that's not what children of God do and do. In other words, repent and get into his word. Get into the word of God. I know that sometimes uh, you know the, the body kicks in and we rather you know go to sleep or something, but this is what we're called to do, to study God's word. Because this is what Peter's about to get into in chapter 2, that me and you are not just saved by grace. Yeah, we're saved by grace. That, that's where that's the foundation right there. But you got to look at the whole plan of God. If you, if you don't know it right now, God is moving in our times right now. And let's find out how. Chapter 2, verse 4. And coming to him. As to a living stone, which has been rejected by man, but is choice and precious in the sight of God, you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And we're going to stop right there. This is, I, I need you to captivate what's going on right here and what God is doing with with something called the church as explained before someone said it the church is not a building it's a people and me and you we're we're living i mean i know some, sometimes things get crazy there's no more toilet paper in the stores anymore and stuff like that but me and you are living in precious times right now we're living in exciting times what exciting times are these the word of god being fulfilled here's the thing Right, we have all this scripture before Second uh, Peter, all this scripture, all the prophets, all of them proph- prophesying about this one day, the Savior is going to come. In every part of the Bible, every book of the Bible, you're going to see a reference or a shadow of Jesus Christ. And in the New Testament, you're going to see everything explained of the Old Testament. And so you're going to see that that God is fulfilling His promises. And coming to him, this is you coming to him, not just, not just basically saying, well, I'm going go to church or go to a Bible study. Coming to him is also saying enduring or persevering with him, that you're going to endure through the t- t- tough times. Coming to him as to, living stone, as to a living stone which has been rejected by man, but is choice and precious in the sight of God. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house. And let me, let me just encourage you why we need to get into the word of God. Why we need to know who God is? Why we need to dive in deep? Because God is building up his church. Me and you do not have the right to, but we are privileged to be a part of the church. Because remember, our right, because of the fall, our right was to go to hell. So if you want to say, well, I have my right to do this, your right is to go to hell. But that's why Jesus came to take that away. Remember, one hand holding back the judgment, the other hand extending the invitation. But this is what, this is what God is doing. He's building up his church. And so here's what uh, Ephesians tells us. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. You don't have to turn there, but I have it written down. It says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints, And members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. This is what God is doing. There's a foundation that me and you must be built on, and it's not the word of faith movement. Our foundation is not, well, let, let's just give to the church and then God will bless me. No, our foundation is and must be the word of God. Remember, the foundation built on the apostles and the prophets. What is that? That means Old Testament, the prophets, New Testament, the apostles. In the book of Acts, that's all they wanted to do. The, new, the, the first church, that's all they wanted to do, hear the apostles' teachings. They didn't have a Bible in those days. And so God, again, the word of God is God breathed. It's inspired by God. So it's like literally God speaking to us through his word. And that's why it's very, very important for me and you as the church to be founded on the word of God. Uh, Verse 5, you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house for a priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now I don't know. I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but as soon as you're a Christian, as soon as some people, somebody knows that you're 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 going to church, you're already part of their hit list. There's already a separation. Oh, you go to church, really? Well, why does God do this? Why does God allow allow you to do this? And and is it right to do this? And in a way, they're not really wanting to find out who God is. They just want to trap you so that you can. So you can really be like, oh, man, God's not really real. But if we know who our God is, if we know that he saved us from our past, from our sins, we know that God exists. But what happens when, when people come to you with these questions? Because some, some people, yeah, are being jerks and they just want to trap you in. But there's other people who really want to know, hey, tell me, tell me who God is. And what's your response going to be? I don't know who God is. No, your response should be, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you who God is. Let me show you the word of God. Let me open up this Bible and show you who God is. Because whether you like it or not, the word of God says that me and you, and it's a privilege, we are priesthood. We are, we are priests for God. Let me, t- let me tell you this. Our benefits as a priesthood. I'm not going to go so deep into it because there's a lot I can say, but we're limited on time. As a priesthood, you have to know this that me and you are chosen by God. That's very important to know not that we chose God, but that he chose us that I don't know for some, some people, but for me. That, that gives me something special to hold on to. That's not that I chose God, but that God chose me to be a part of his priesthood. That when I was in my mess and when I was in my dirt, that God literally handpicked me and said, come out from among them. That's something special that should be special for the children of God. That God chose us. That not only did he choose us, but he cleansed us of all of our sins. Not that we're not going to go through struggles, not that we're going to go through battles, but that we are cleansed before a holy God, and that day by day He's cleansing us. We are clothed in His righteousness. We have something that the world does not have, which is the Holy Spirit living inside of us. This, is, this was God's promise. This was the promise of Jesus that when He goes, he's going to send a helper to you. He's going to send the comforter. That he's gonna remind you of, of all things that he said. The Holy Spirit is the conviction, the comforter, the helper. We have something that the world does not have, and that's the Holy Spirit living inside of us. There's power, there's power, there's power in the name of Jesus, but but he calls us to, to walk and obey and honor God. Not only does he choose us, but, but he says, walk in my statutes. That's, that's Ezekiel right there, that he's going to give us a transformed heart, that he's going to cause us to walk in obedience to his word. So some of us might say, well, well how, how are we going to do this? God's going to guide you through it. He will. But we are messengers of God. And because we are messengers of God, we have to be a church that's prayerful. We have to be in the presence of God continually to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. This reminds me of Romans chapter 12. To offer ourselves as a a living body, holy and pleasing to God, acceptable to God. We kind of say, God, here I am. What do you want me to do? Not my will, but let your will be done in my life. And where you send me, Lead me to, to, to where you want to send me. We, we, we live with a purpose, and that purpose is to impact the world around us. What did Jesus say it was the Great Commission? Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey what I have commanded you. So we don't live life pur- uh, purpose purposeless purposeless purposelessly, purpose purposeless. Purp- purposeless. there you go not bad and I'm not yeah pur- purposeless purposeless all right the main thing is that mean you are not called to, simp- to simply come into the pews and just sit down or we're not called there's always two extremes right there's an extreme that, that some people think it's religious duty and there's no relationship with God. And then there's this other part where, where, where people are like, no, I'm, I'm, you don't understand. I'm called to be an actor for God. And they always want the spotlight and everything. But no, sometimes God just wants you to preach the word of God to your family. Sometimes God just just, just wants you to, to walk in obedience in his ways. But with that is going to come a price. Following God It's going to come with the price. Here's what 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 Paul said: Those who want to live a godly life are going to suffer in this world. Let's continue reading, verse six. For this is contained in Scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. This precious value then is for you who believe. So now Paul, Peter's going to get to this one aspect that's, that, that's saying this is the precious cornerstone. It's Jesus. Jesus is the precious cornerstone. Meaning for us, that that magnifies who God is. That magnifies us. As, I mean, the first song that we sang for worship was the Prince of Peace, right? And we we're, we're declaring who God is. For us, God... Um, God is precious through his son, Jesus Christ. Those of us who believe, we know what it's like to be in the world. And so we find out that there's a Savior who holds back the judgment and extends his hand. We say, yes, I want that. That is precious to those who believe. And so we give our lives to God. And we say, God, let your will be done from here on out. Not my will, but your will be done in my life and through my life. And so for some of us, we take that like, oh, oh, you know, that, that's, yeah, I have my life. But for some of us, that's real. It's real sacrifice. Maybe you're not a missionary or anything like that, but maybe you had dreams and God told you, no, I want you to go this way. Don't follow your own dreams, but follow what I have ordained already for you. And for some of us, that's, that's going to cause us to live in a humble lifestyle. Instead of saving the money for ourselves, sometimes God puts it in our heart to share with those around us. Sometimes we want things, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I want things to go my way. I I, I want, I want, you know, who doesn't want the American dream? But no, God says this is not your home. Your home is not in this world. Things are going down, and I have something better for you. Now walk in my way. Not your way, but walk, walk over here. Walk this way. There's something better for you, and it's not, it's not a temporary. It's eternal. So for some of us, yeah, that is going to cost our time, our money, our efforts, because those who are involved in ministry know the sacrifices, we know what it's like to, to, to endure, to, to, to suffer for people who might not even want to walk in God's ways. But we do it because that's what God calls us to do. But then there's this other side. Verse 7, this precious value then is for you who believe. But those who disbelieve, the stone which the builders rejected, this became the very cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. For they stumble because they are disobedient to the word. And to this this doom they were also appointed. So again, God's holding back the judgment and he's extending his harm through Jesus Christ. But take note of this, that if he extends it and you disobey, it's not because God didn't want you to be saved. It's because you rejected him. This, this this is man's responsibility that we fell, and so here I'm telling you that if you're hearing the word of God, maybe you're hearing God right now. Not 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 me, but you're hearing God's voice right now. And if you're willfully rejecting the word of God, this applies to you. That that the word of God is an offense to you. I know that for some of us, that's like man, this is this is tough, but. There's a separation when it comes to the word of God. You're either for him or you're against him. God is either precious to you or you want nothing to do with him. There's no in-between with God. You're either for him or against him. And so it's times like those where like, man, God God can be kind of harsh. We remember the gospel, that this is the reason why Jesus Christ came. And so let's continue reading. In verse 9, and we're almost going to wrap up here. But you, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. For you once were not a people but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Now, if you don't know it, Peter's referencing everything. This is all Old Testament right here. This is, this is back in, in, in Hosea. This is back in Deuteronomy. This, this is all here, but, but basically what Peter's saying that You're you're not those people who hear the word of God. If you really believe in God, if you really believe in the gospel, if you repent and turn to him, the word of God says that you were chosen. You're you're a chosen people. You're you're a royal priesthood, not not just one who serves God, but one who at one time will serve the king and will serve alongside him because we are co-heirs with Christ. This is a royal priesthood a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. Some, some other translation says God's own special people. Not because we're so good and we're so perfect, but because God is good and God is perfect and God is love, that out of his love, he chose you. Again, for, for those who believe God, this is precious because now there's a relationship with God. It's not so much as I have to obey, I have to obey, but now it's I want to obey God because God loves me and I love him. A true love that you must proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. This goes on to say that me and you, we are to proclaim to the nations that God is good. We are to proclaim to the nations that God is a loving God, slow to anger and abounding in love. The excellencies of God. It's wrong for, for a church to go out there and just to proclaim judgment upon the people. That gives people no hope at all. But if you go out there and say, there's a way. Yes, judgment is coming, but Jesus is extending the invitation. And now look at his mercy, look at his love before time, time runs out. But we look to God for, and we proclaim we proclaim to everybody, look, look at who God is. Look at the beauties of God, the excellencies of God, that God is a good, a good God, that he is a just God, that he sits on the throne, that no matter what's happening in the world around us, that God is in control. Now, believe in the gospel. This is not simply a, a, a well, hey, I have this thing called the Bible. Do you want to read it? I have this thing called the gospel. Can I share it? No, let me share the gospel with you. This is beautiful right here. Again, for some of us, this screaming is an offense because you're not offended by me. You're offended by God. But to him who has called you out of darkness into this marvelous light, for you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This was God's plan right here. Not that you would become famous or be in the spotlight, but that you would give fame to the one who deserves fame. Give glory to the one who deserves glory, that I was not his, his people. I was not a part of his salvation, but God included me in this. This is for the Gentiles. For, the, for those of you who don't know what Gentiles means, it's the it's people who are not Israelites, God's original people. Because, see, me and you were not supposed to be a part of this, but this was God's plan from the beginning to bring up one, one nation, one people to serve the living and, and, and enduring word of God the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so what i want to encourage you tonight is, is to, to know who God is. Know what God has called you to do and know what God is going to do. Again, my question is, do you know who God is? Do you know him? And I would encourage you, I would, challenge, I would challenge you not to just simply, well, two things I would challenge you. One is to, yes, just start reading. And the second challenge would be, start studying. There's times where, where, yeah, you you just have to read the word of God, but there's other times where you have to study the word of God. It's just like prayer. There's some times when when you just have to pray to God and give him glory, but then there's times where you have to intercede for the people. Find out about the both. How to delight in God's God's word and not to labor in God's word. How to delight in prayer and how to fight battles through prayer. And so with that, let's bow our heads and close our eyes tonight as we pray.